Hello, and welcome back to High and Tight on Game Time CT. I'm Scott Erickson. We are joined, as always, by Pete Mbaga, who's in his basement bunker today. Pete, what's up? Nothing. Uh, bunkering down in the basement. Uh, we have people over who uh, are not big fans of dogs. So Ruthie, my <laughs> lovely mini Aussie Shepherd, and I are uh, hanging out in the basement. So if you hear barking or she just shows up on camera, uh, that's Ruthie. She's playing with her baby Grogu uh, stuffed animal from The Mandalorian. So I thought you were going to say that the, that the people you had over were not big fans of yours or the podcast. Oh, they're probably not big fans of mine either, but, um, but they're, not, they're not fans of dogs. So uh, her and I are hanging out downstairs. I love it. Um, hey, it's a little wet outside again today, which is Shocker. not shocking. Uh, West Hills moved their game up to Hamden to play Hamden just to get that thing in because it would have been the second time they postponed more now i mean it happens every year you know we get rain we get wet fields teams can't play um but you're seeing like ridgefield's only played two games staples only played three games lyman hall's in a tough spot like we're starting to see that really pop up now yeah I, it kind of shot like obviously when you you don't want to play in the rain right there's a lot of reasons why you don't want to play in the rain one the field stinks uh it gets hard to pitch when it's wet out, it just, it really stinks when it like rains overnight or rains in the morning and then it's beautiful. I think last week there was a, I forgot what day of the week it was, but it was, I think it was Tuesday, maybe, I don't know. And uh, it rained in the morning and then it was beautiful that afternoon. And like more than half of the teams in the state had to postpone games. And I tweeted something out, like everyone needs turf, uh, you know, more tongue in cheek than anything, but we're seeing it. West Hill on Tuesday moved their game from a home game to Hamden where I believe Westville will still be the home team, but like they're just to get it in. Like, yeah. I, you know, at this point we're in the middle of April, um, you know, a month from now we're going to be in the conference tournaments. So <laughs> you, know, you have to get games in. And uh, I think teams are doing anything they can to do that. And this is where um, pitching depth comes into play. Like Ridgefield's going to play nine games in 14 days. That is essentially half their schedule in yeah. two weeks. Yep. They got deep pitching. We're going to see how deep it is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, need to, you need to dig deep into some kids that maybe don't normally throw for yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, they threw, like they threw a sophomore yesterday. They were playing Bridgeport Central, but they were able to throw a sophomore in that game who uh, made his first varsity start. His I'm blanking on his name. Uh, they posted a photo of him. I'm blanking on his name right now. But, you know, he got the start against Bridgeport Central. You can do that in a game like that. You know, they got – luckily – um, for Fairfield Ward, they were supposed to play Wilton in a makeup today, but that got moved. So they're kind of perfectly lined up for Wednesday against Fair, against Ridgefield. Uh, I know Ridgefield also has a makeup today. I don't know if that's been postponed or not, but like that's another thing I really want to talk about. These games that like don't go four and a half innings, like I get that uh. and I understand why it's there. But I mean, I believe. All right, tell me why. Like, tell me why. Tell me why that's a good rule. Well, that they, I, it's if a they good don't make it to four and a half, that you go all the way back to well, the game. Yeah. Of the game. See, that's the thing that bothers me because we've seen crazy comebacks already this year. We've seen teams score 10 runs, nine runs. You know, uh, even last night uh, on Monday night, you know, Sheen was down 7 yeah. 1 going into the bottom of the seventh and came back and won 8 7. Right. We've seen it. So I understand why it's there. But man, when it's 11 1 and you're in the top of the fourth inning, like, why are we going all the way back to the beginning? Like, just restart the game from there, get three outs, and the game's over because of the run rule. Yes, and here's the thing. So I was at Richfield Staples, 
it's an excellent game going on. Both teams are getting, you know, big outs. Guys are getting stranded on base. Guys are getting big hits. It's 2-2 in the fourth. Uh, you know, Ridgefield has two guys on, uh, and they bring in Hero Wyatt. Staples brings in Hero Wyatt to get two outs. He gets one, and in the middle of the second battery he's facing, it just starts pouring. So they pull everyone off the field and, and realize that the rain's not going to stop. Uh, top of the fourth inning, you have to play four and a half for, to count, and if it doesn't, you go all the way back to zero. But here's the thing. The pitchers that threw, Oppenheimer, Casaluccio, their pitch counts count. Yes. So they couldn't they pitch three days later. They couldn't pitch four days later. Their pitch counts count. All that stuff counts. But none of the rest of the game counts. None of the hits anyone got. None of the RBIs. And then you have to go back and start all over again. Why? Yep. Why not just pick it up in the fourth? And the umpire was even surprised. He's like, you don't just do a suspended game and pick it up. And, the, and both coaches are like, no, we got to go back and, yeah. and start this thing over now. It's it's. You know, that just stinks. The way pitch counts are, like, when this rule was obviously put in place years before I was here, uh, you know, like, pitch, there wasn't a pitch count, right? These guys, right. these kids could just go and go and go. Now that we're in a pitch count era where kids can only throw 110 pitches in a game, they can only throw a certain amount of times a week, that really maybe needs to be looked at into possibly changing it, where if a game is close, maybe you continue it but if it's a 10-1 lead in the fourth inning what are we doing? right well so that, but even then if you have to come back in that 10-run lead at least only come back for a half inning which doesn't make sense but whatever yeah or at um, least move it to the next time that they play right I, again if they play twice in a season like i know that that's been some things that are done before some of these leagues that do um play twice in a year they'll just finish the first game an hour before the next game is supposed well, that's perfect. to be played. If you play twice, but like the yeah. FCAC doesn't play twice. So yeah. like that's like, it's going to be dumb. What are you going to do? Send Richfield to Wilton for five minutes. I mean, I'll tell you this during the state. Well, that's happened. That has happened before. Yes. Like, I remember, I think it was the state tournament in 2019 or the SEC tournament. It was North Haven and Notre Dame West Haven. And the game got called. I think it was because of darkness. And they had to restart the next day, but it was like zero zero. I was like, you know what? Let me go. I'll, I'll just go for the end. But they picked up where they left off. They yeah. picked up where they left off because it was yeah, a, yeah. either a state tournament or a conference tournament game. It was after four and a half. You can do and that, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they picked up where they left off, and the game went another like six innings. So I'm in like the fifteenth. I'm like, I thought I'd be here for five minutes, <laughs> and I was there for another like two hours. And at that point, I was like, oh, I guess I'm just writing a full game story because I saw a whole other game. And we see that a lot with Legion and stuff. I mean, but it just it's just it's less common in the high school area. Like you see a lot of those continuation games and then you finish the next game the next I day. Just, I just think maybe that we're in a pitch count era that these things need to be looked at because obviously you don't want yeah. to say, okay, well, the pitchers reset to zero. Well, you know what? Jack McFarland's not pumping up Hero White to go out the next day because he's going to take care of his guy. Um, so maybe in this new pitch count era that we're in, Maybe that's a rule that the baseball committee needs to take a look at and say, hey, we need to pick these up where they left uh, where they left off. If you're in the fourth inning, the 30, if you're three pitches into the game, sorry, that guy's done. But we, we don't need to start three pitches into the game. But if we're a couple of <laughs> innings in, I think I think they have to take a look at that uh, to move forward. 
And if I got a hit or an RBI in that game, I want that hit in that RBI. I don't want to start over. I well, mean, for me, it was, on, man. I'm pretty sure I only had two hits in my high school career. So I'll take anyone that I can get. <laughs> but I would be like, that would you really would have been be robbed. Yeah, that would be the day I'd hit my only home run. And then they'd be like, all right, game doesn't count. It's rough. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Richfield uh, Ward. They're, of course, the number one and number two teams in the recent poll. And as it turns out, they're playing this week. It all works out for everybody. Uh, Wednesday should be a really good one. I know you're going to be there for that one, right? Yeah, I'm glad Richfield is getting the love that they deserve. Um, I said it after, you know, I voted them in the top five to start the season. I, they brought a lot back, and I really liked them. They have pitching, um, and they were good last year. They made a nice little run in the state tournament. Um but I don't think a lot of people, I, I don't know, whatever, but you know, they, they, they moved up after the first week. Uh, they moved up again after this week. Uh, they jumped all the way. They went from unranked two weeks ago to number two in the state. Uh, I mean, that's the baseball poll for you. Right. I mean, I, it is, yeah. West Hill, but, West Hill drops to eight. I still have them at two because well, I and West part Hill of that is, is that, really that we've seen team. Richfield. You saw Richfield. I saw Richfield and we can report to the back of the people and be like, they're for real. Yeah. They're legit. Well, I think I think West Hill is legit too. I, oh, I, I yes, still have them in. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I still have them in my top three or four. Um, you know, I, you know, it's just kind of fun. They lose a game. You're like, all right, let's drop West Hill. It's like they played the best pitcher in the state, like the yeah. fir- their first loss. So you know, but it's great. We got one versus two. I think. I don't think this will be. I think this will be one of many top three, top four matchups we'll have in the FCAC this year. Uh, I'm excited. I believe Zach Broderick is pitching for Ward, and I believe Andrew. Uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Castel. I believe it's Castelluccio. Castelluccio. I, I believe. Uh, I don't want to. I didn't want to mispronounce uh, his last name. Sorry, Andrew. Uh, apparently, they're going uh, against each other tomorrow. So you got Merrimack. Uh, in Broderick and St. John's and Castellucci. I mean, those are the guys you want to see, right? You want to see that in a game like that. Like, I love Zach Broderick. I love when he pitches. He is just so, you know, he is that heart and soul of that Mustang team. And the emotions go through him. And, you know, if he's on, it's going to be an awesome game. And they're going to be fired up. Both teams are going to be fired up. But I really think it's going to run through Broderick. Uh, for Ward, and he comes out throwing strikes early. It's going to be a fun one. And both those teams hit one through nine. Yep. Uh, both of them got some big boys on the team. I mean, Richfield's got three dudes that are huge. <laughs> when you stand there next to the cage and watch them go up, you're like, oh, there's a couple men coming up the bat yeah. right now. Like these are not these are not boys. Well, they, like, well that's why they call Ben uh, Ben Chirico country. Apparently, oh, they call him big, yeah. They call him country. That's that's a good name for him. That's a perfect name for him. That kid is built like a house. Oh, he's Uh, a big boy, and he pumps. And if Richfield, you know, can go from Castellucci to him, I mean, that is their bread and butter this year. And you know, Cherico's a guy you can come, he can give you two innings, maybe three. And he was up against Wyatt when the rain delay happened. It was like this awesome matchup, and then they're like, no, no, get out of here. (laughs) This doesn't count. I was like, this is what I've been waiting for all year. <laughs> like one of the best hitters in the league, one of the best pitchers in the league, and then it just bacon poured. Yep. Um, speaking of West Hill, they did lose to Glastonbury, who yep. also beat Southington last week. Yep. So Glastonbury went from unranked all the way up to the five in the poll, um, which well-deserved. Look, you beat two top 10 teams in one week, and you're undefeated, and you're in the CCC. That's legit. Yeah. And I heard we had heard good things about Glastonbury coming in, but – 
we heard a lot of good things about a lot of teams coming in. So there are these teams really good baseball in Connecticut. Really good baseball. Like the 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 guys we're having on today, the Xavier guys, like really good baseball team, and they can't seem to crack the top ten. It's because there's so many good teams out there. They're in my top ten. Mine too. I had them. I had them at nine this week, um, and I still had West Hill at ten. So I, I kept them in there. I think I dropped Southington out. I moved Glastonbury up. Um, it's but a yeah, rule. My... It's like it's a rule for me at the CCC. Like only one. There's always it's like uh, what's the rule with the uh, not the Jedi's with the sits. If there's one, nah, there's always nah, two. I, I don't no, know. I have no idea. Star Wars. No idea. Um. um but yeah. no, I, I have I, I like Southern Ten. I still like East Catholic. I mean, East Catholic still won forty something games in a row. Or, no, not forty, thirty something <laughs> games in a row. Thirty games in a row. I think it's yeah. thirty. Thirty games in a row. Um, so they're still legit. Uh, Newington, I think, is really good and has some really really good players up there. So I've been voting Newington just outside the top ten. Um, and you still have teams like you know Berlin hanging around. Southington's going to be very good. Tallinn's good. Like. The CCC is a good baseball conference. It might be their best sport overall. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see. I know that Berlin has played some out-of-conference games. They played against Fairfield Ward. They played some uh, tough you know, teams. Southington's yeah. playing Greenwich. West Hill's playing Glastonbury. So it's nice. I remember back in 2019 when Waterford won L. Not that we weren't surprised. They had won like 15 games in the regular season or something like that, but they had like four or three losses out of conference. And it was like hand staples and they played like these really good teams out of the conference. So when it came to the state tournament, they had played these really good programs and they were prepared. Uh, and I think we're seeing that a lot more from the CCC teams than we had seen in the past. Obviously last year uh, was hard because uh, a lot of the teams didn't play out of conference, but I think we're, you know, we're seeing it. Yeah. Glastonbury beat West Hill. That's a great win for Glastonbury. Um, they might see each other again later. Um, but for us, it's a good way to gauge where the CCC stands. I always, I always get confused by the CCC. Obviously, on the show, I always pick against the CCC. But you know, it's, I'm always confused with the CCC because the league is so big that some years the best teams aren't playing each other. Right. We got lucky last year that East Catholic played Southington because that might yeah. not be a normal matchup because East Catholic was an M school last year. They're an S school this year and Southington's a double L school, you know, depending on how the CCC does their scheduling, those two programs might not have crossed over last year, but luckily for us, they did this year. You know, I got to look at the schedule really for the CCC, but the, the conference is so big that you can have a team that maybe plays lesser opponents during the regular season who might win 17 games you're like, oh, are they for real? And it's like, well, maybe they're not. And then you'll see a team that maybe played a harder schedule in the CCC with 13 or 14 wins, and they'll make a run in the state. And you're like, we miss them all year. Yeah, I think sometimes you do carry over the CCC football bias into baseball <laughs> where it's not as deserved. I really as long as the they... baseball scheduling doesn't schedule like they do in football. I, I, I think the CCC – can hold their own with the FCAC and the SEC and SWC in baseball. I mean, and, and some years they're even better. Yeah. So I, I give a lot of credit to the, to the CCC uh, in baseball. Yeah. Um, I understand what you're saying about football. Uh, the other team I wanted to mention this week is from the ECC, uh, East Lyme, beat Fitch and Waterford, who were both, uh, you know, top 10 worthy teams this week. So, you know, shout out to East Lyme for getting those wins. Four and two the Vikings are in the conversation. The ECC, again, you know, Fitch, Montville, 
Waterford, uh, Ledyard. I mean, those are good programs, you know, some years, great programs. And, uh, you know, they get to beat each other up, which is not good for the ECC poll rankings because, you know, they'll get a couple of losses and stuff. But uh, nice for East Lyme to get into the conversation here. Um, yeah, it's nice for them. It's always fun. Uh, you know, you always get teams, not, who, not that they come out of nowhere, but like they string together a couple of wins and you're like, oh, shoot. Like I remember Saturday, I, I got a game changer no- notification, Glastonbury, you know, West Hill. And I looked at it and I'm like, oh, wow. So I look it up. I'm like, oh, Glastonbury is 4-0. So I clicked their schedule. I'm like, this is a good win against West Hill. And then I saw they beat Southington. So I threw it out on Twitter. I was like, don't look now. But here comes Glastonbury. And everyone was like, oh, ooh, we got to vote for Glastonbury now. Uh, so that was kind of fun. Uh, but it's always a good time, this kind of part of the season, because you'll see what these teams are made of right now. But you'll also see what teams are made of a, a month from now when, when they really get matters, to the tournament. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that was a game in April. You know, we're, we're playing for, you know, it's like, you know, we're playing for June and it's, you know, you see it a lot in hockey where these teams go out of state and they like get beat up and they come in as like an 11 seed in the D1 tournament and then they run the table and you're like, oh my God, uh, an 11 seed. And it's like, well, they actually played a really tough schedule. And like, we've seen Amity do that a bunch of times coming out of the SEC. Uh, not, I mean, they have also gone undefeated before, so it's not like they do it all the time. By the way, Glastonbury did beat Southington again last night. Oh, so they? they've beaten Southington twice now. They've beaten West Hill. Uh, they got a really interesting game against Windsor coming up on Wednesday. Um, I like this Windsor team. You know, no one's talking about them. Uh, and they could be the next one, the, ne- the next darling in the CCC if they beat Glastonbury on Wednesday. Yeah. But, yeah, Glastonbury, if they make a run through here, I mean, they, they do play East Catholic. They play Northwest Catholic. They play Berlin. They play Farmington. So they got one of those CCC schedules that are legit. Yeah. You know, um, and, and there's Windsor... a, just one other team I just wanted to, to, to mention former CCC team. They're now, I believe, in the, in the crawl. Uh, Weaver. Yeah. Weaver yes. returning. Let's talk about Weaver real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Weaver returning as a solo program since for the first time since 2015. Not only that, I went up there to tell that story because, you know, we, we saw the baseball community rally around them. A couple of months ago when someone, you know, a coach would tweet out saying, hey, Weaver needs help with equipment. And we saw a lot of outpouring support from the baseball community uh, across the state of Connecticut. And I thought that was really cool. So I was like, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to, you know, whatever happens in this game, I am going to. This story is about wins. Uh, this story is about Weaver and Weaver being back, whether they won or lost, which I thought they were going to do because a lot of these guys on this team hadn't played. They hadn't played baseball ever, you know, for a lot of them, this was the first time they played a game. And I was like, this could go really South really fast. And they won. And let they me won? tell you, <laughs> I mean, that was, that was one of the best baseball games I've had enjoyment out of going. Cause I went there thinking this game might be over in five innings. You know, does Weaver really have a shot? And all of a sudden, these little things start happening. They took advantage of miscues and booted balls. But, like, I mean, the first out of the game was a pop-up to the second baseman who had never played baseball before, and he caught it, and the bench went nuts. (laughs) Um, The first run of the game was scored by a freshman who had booted a ball earlier at first base. He came around on a pass ball, 
and he like dove in. He was like a weird slide dive head first past the pitcher covering home. And he like, his helmet came off and he like looked at the umpire like three times, like, wait, am I, am I safe? What happened? And then he like jumped in the air and I was just like, I mean, I'm so happy they won and shout out to Edgar Santiago, their pitcher who had played baseball since he was a kid struck out 17 batters in a complete yeah, game. Crazy. Um, he looked good. He threw strikes, but it was just such a, a warming, like it made me feel good when I left the field that day being like, I cannot wait to write this story. I was so pumped up. And I was like, yes, an hour and 20 minute drive home from Hartford. <laughs> hey, and that drive's worth it for something like that. Like that's why we do this for stories like that. When, you know, is we were going to win a state championship? No, you know, like, but they have done something pretty incredible to resurrect that program. It's not easy, especially in a sport like baseball at a city school that uh, he ran the team as a club team last year. Uh, I encourage everyone to go read Pete's story on game time CT. It is going to be like the most uplifting thing you read this week. So um, it's really incredible what they've done there and not easy. And the fact that they won the first game is just awesome. Yeah. It's like, I mean, like you so, said, that could have gone so wrong. Yeah. That. Well, I will tell you this back in 2015, they were, they had like a 90 plus game losing streak and they played a game. You want to talk about the latest, just as a quick story. Uh, Tom Yance wrote it for the Hartford current back in 2015. So shout out to him. Uh, and I was reading it. And so in 2015, they were playing a game. They were up, I think, 18-14 at the end of six innings. So six innings were completed. They go to the top of the seventh, and the team they were playing went up 19-18 or 19-17, whatever it was. And then the umps called the game for darkness. So they tried to find another day. Can we get back? Let's finish this game, this and this. Again, at that point, they had lost 98 games in a row. As they're trying to figure that out, obviously the season continues. So there's no decision on that game. They go out and play uh, Two Rivers Magnet School, who which I don't believe exists anymore. It has a different name. And they go out and they win. They break the streak. But the coach knew and the administration knew that they had ruled that morning before the game that it would go, it would revert back to the last final inning with Weaver winning 18 14, and the game was over. <laughs> it's a great story. Tom Yance wrote great. it. it that's, really that's really so cool. So they went from winning one game to break the streak to then after Coach Jamie uh, told them in the huddle, like, we actually won two games. And like, according to Tom, like everyone went crazy. Uh, so they had broken the streak the week before off that's the field. Awesome. But he didn't want to tell them because he wanted them to break it on the field. So they had two wins in 2015. That broke uh, the 98-game losing streak. Then they were a co-op with Buckley. They didn't have a season in 2020 because of COVID. They had a, a club team last year to build interest. They have 21, 22 guys on the roster. That's I awesome. mean, you know, and Jamie, he was an all-state baseball player at Naugatuck. Um, you know, he – I will say this, and this is not an offense to any other coach in this state. I have never seen more coaching done mid-game. I mean, you know, because it's all new. And a lot of these yeah. kids have played in an organized game before, even inner squads and this. It was a lot of co- – he lost his voice at the end of the game. Like, he was yeah, like – Yeah, because you're, you're coaching things that other teams just take for don't granted. Have to. Yeah. That, that you're not even thinking about when you exactly. walk in the door. So, it was such an impressive coaching job by him. And I, I was just so happy that uh, we were there um, to see it because, you know, it's something that maybe we would have saw on Twitter last night. Or maybe people wouldn't have even noticed, and you just shrug it off, like, whatever. But it was so cool to be there, and uh, yeah, and you got the, the first, photos too. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. the first crawl awesome. game I ever covered. So, 
Hey, if you, that's a that's a great one to cover. It was fantastic, and I I do seriously encourage everyone to go read that story because it was fantastic. I, I read it with my uh, with my breakfast this morning. Nice. Um, we got a lot of, lot lot to talk about every week. I love this show. <laughs> I love Hide and Tight. Right, who we got coming up, Pete? Who, who are our guests here today? So we are going to have Xavier baseball coach Nick Serrata and senior center fielder UConn commit Drew Crone on the show. Uh, very excited to talk to them. Actually, Drew has been on a Game Time CT podcast before. He was on the uh, the football meat grinder at the first episode last year. Uh, first also... first two timer crossover first first two timer athlete. I think we've ever yeah, had first on the show. Athlete, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, very 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 exciting stuff. All right, uh, without further ado, let's get to the Xavier guys. Now joining me on the show, we have Xavier coach Nick Sharetta and Xavier center fielder, Drew Crone. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate Thank having you. us. And I, like I said before we started recording, Drew is actually a pro at this. Uh, he was on the high school football podcast uh, earlier this fall. Uh, so we got a two-timer. I think Drew Crone, I think, is the first athlete ever to cross multiple podcasts in like our little mcu universe here so drew welcome back to the show thank you for having me again we'll and, see how he does pete yeah <laughs> he was a star tough. last time well uh, we'll see if we can repeat it <laughs> and we got of course uh coach nick Soretta on the show coach right off the bat um i mean you guys are out to a five and one start play to have played a pretty tough schedule uh at the beginning you opened with prep then Greenwich, Shimsbury is a great program up in the CCC. Obviously, North Haven uh, is a competitive program. Sheehan, we just saw them come back from seven runs last night on Monday night. And obviously, Shelton, a, you know, comeback win for you guys against, you know, great program run by Scott Gurra. And now you have Friday, you have Amity and uh, Coach Sal Capola. So, Nick, is that how you plan the schedule? Just like top heavy right at the beginning? Let's see how we look come May. Oh, sure. Um, well, you know, in the SEC, it's a gauntlet. Um, obviously, we don't have those uh, choices for those games, and the conference is stacked every year. Um, we try to, you know, and the Greenwich was the FCAC crossover between the two leagues. Um, Simsbury, uh, one of my former players and um, assistant coaches, is now the head coach over there, Nico Zamiti. So we got a game together. Um, and so the rainouts have made it, you know, backed up as well, like everybody else. So, but you know, there's no cupcakes on our schedule and that's the way we like it. Be battle tested come tournament time. Yeah. And that's such a tough thing to do because, uh, you know, baseball, you know, we say it all the time, but it's tough when a single elimination tournament in the States and the conference tournaments, and, you know, you can't have an off day. So, you know, Drew, what do you and the team take from a schedule like this that, you know, you're not going to have an easy day and you, you know, you really can't have a bad day. Yeah, I mean, we love the tough schedule that we have. Um, you know, we love the division that we're in. The SEC is, you know, one of the top two, you know, leagues in the in Connecticut. So, I mean, we like that part of it. Um, we like the great competition that we see. So, uh, when we when we see, you know, just powerhouse after powerhouse after powerhouse, and we especially when we are winning them, it gives us a lot of confidence that you know carries on for the entire season. Yeah, for sure. It it just is so, you know, uh, it was crazy. I was at the Shelton uh, Lyman Hall game this weekend and like 
when their ace is going, like, you know, for Shelton, they, uh, they threw Roy and like when he's there, you know, you can beat anybody with one good pitcher uh, in the SEC, even in the state. You guys are off to a five and one start. Great start. You have a date with Amity coming up Friday night under the lights at Palmer Field. It does not get any better than that, um, which is kind of fun for you guys. that you guys get to play your home games at Palmer Field, like every team in the state wants to get to Palmer Field. And you guys are like, ah, it's just a regular home game. But, you know, how is the team looking in? Uh, you know, you have a bunch of days off, which is awesome. Uh, but Nick, you know, coach, how is uh, how are the guys, you know, preparing for this game against Amity? Well, I'll be honest with you, Pete. I mean, last night um, was a great win for us. Huge comeback. Um, you know, we play an awful. I mean, Drew could tell you for five and a half innings, just not our style of baseball. Um, we come out bottom of the sixth, get a leadoff triple, then two strikeouts, and then we rattle off six runs, tie it. <laughs> and then um, we, you know, bottom seven, first two guys get out, our nine-hole hitter works a walk, and then top the, um, our leadoff hitter, Safa Vukati, hits the walk-off. So that's a huge, I mean, just a huge win in itself. And like I said to the guys last night, you know, we as coaches always say, you got to believe, play seven innings, you're never out of it. But players need to really experience it to believe it. And yep. so they were able to experience it last night. And you couldn't ask for, in some ways, a better win going into Friday. You know, we haven't really even talked about Amity. You know, last night we enjoyed, you know, the team win. Today we will, you know, uh, start to turn our focus to them, get three good days of practice in, and, and they'll be ready. They'll be ready Friday night. I mean, it's, it's a game. It's it's a fun game, right? I mean, it's one game, but it's it's AMB. It's Palmer, like you said, on the lights Friday night. Two great teams right now in the SEC off the hot starts. That's what baseball is all about. That's what it should be, and we're going to have fun, and we're going to go out there and play our game, and see where it takes us. Yeah. You know, you, this is definitely the meeting of two of the top teams, maybe the two best teams in the sec right now. Um, you know, the FCAC is getting a lot of love um, so far this season. The FCAC is tough, but you know, it's crazy to think like I did a story on Amity last week and I was like, wow, it's been so long since Amity has been to a state semifinal and it's like 2019, right. but like, it just seems like it was so far away and it kind of feels like, you know, maybe people are forgetting of, of how talented and deep the SEC is because, you know, you beat each other up a lot. You know, everyone's like talking about it with the SEC. Like, well, they're all beating each other up. It's like the SEC has been beating each other up for 25 years. Right? Yes. Whatever, how many years uh, Al is going to call me and be like, it's actually 26 years. Yeah. But I believe it's like 25 plus years. Yeah. But the SEC has been beating each other up forever. And, um, you know, uh, do you think the SEC is, is you know, maybe getting a little less love than they than they deserve? No doubt. I have no doubt. I mean, the FCAC had a great year last year, right? They put four teams in the semis for double L and everything. Um, and they're a great, great conference. I mean, I talk highly of them to everyone I talk to, players, people, top two conferences in the state, FCAC and SEC. You know, I mean, you go back and you look at class L for the last 20 years, there's an SEC team winning it or in the finals for probably 14 out of the last yep. 21 years. Um, so, and we beat each other up top to bottom. I still say it's the best conference top to bottom one through 19, yeah. you know, a lot of other conferences, you know, not the knock them, but the bottom schools, it falls off dramatically. Yep. So you go one through 19, there's, there's no let up. Um, and it's, there's great, there's great coaches in the SEC. Um, I know we've lost a few, over the past couple of years that have stepped down and everything and retired. But um, 
the coaches are fantastic in this league and the players are just super talented and they're just, they're coached the right way. They're, they compete. Um, they play the game the right way. So every day is a, is a dog fight. Yeah. And you talk about talented players. You have one sitting right next to you, uh, Drew Crone. Drew, you're going off to play at UConn, uh, a powerhouse program. Uh, you know, one of my favorite teams because there's just so many Connecticut kids on it. So I love to get, you know, watch you guys go and continue your career. Uh, you and I have talked at length about going to UConn, so we don't have to talk about it again. But, um, you know, what's the biggest difference of this season for you now that you're a senior? Uh, you've been on varsity for a long time, whether it's been football or baseball. Uh, you did lose your sophomore year, but now you're kind of like the guy. Uh, you know, how has that responsibility been as a leader on the baseball field now? Yeah, I mean, um, I was also the captain of last year's team, but I was the only junior captain on that team. Yep. So my role definitely changed when I went into, you know, being a two-time captain in my senior year. Um, you know, I got a great group of guys around me, so it makes my job easier. I know that these guys, you know, take me seriously and listen to what I say. And, um, you know, it's just the leadership role that, you know, it's a role that I love to have. Um, but it's even better when I got guys around me that buy into the same thing that I, you know, want to accomplish. Nick, uh, coach, <laughs> how, uh, how nice is it or comforting, comforting is it having Drew out there in center field? I mean, you know, the, the old baseball, you know, adage, you know, got to want to be strong up the middle and to have a guy patrolling center field like Drew must make your day slightly easier when you're filling out the lineup card. P, I mean, he knows what I feel about him. Um, it, you can't even put into words anymore. I mean, I've said everything I can about him over the last few years. <laughs> he's just, he's a special player. Um, you know, when you coach long enough and you, you know the game long enough, kids like him come around not very often anymore, you know, especially in the sports landscape we have these days um, and how you sports is. Um, I mean, you know, there's times as a coach, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying this year, but you hold your breath sometimes when the ball's hit to, to a player. Um, yeah. When the ball's hit to Drew or anywhere near him, you know, you know he's going to catch it. And if he's not, he's going to make the best effort. And I can't tell you how many plays he's already made this year and last year that are just like, there's times when balls get hit. I'm like, he ain't getting that one. And then he gets it. <laughs> and now it's like, holy cow. Like, that's that's a ball player right there. And I got to. I got to brag for one second. Yeah, uh, we love we, bragging. We um we play Sheehan on Saturday, and we, we were down 3 nothing, and we worked back 3-1, to one, and then it was 3-3. Three to three, But we didn't we weren't playing well, didn't have any momentum. We get second and third, one out. Uh, you know, four hopper to the third baseman. Our kid's going on contact. They throw home. They get Vic down at the plate, and it was a tag, you know, bang, bang, play, and catcher you know as he goes to tag him you know late falls down on his stomach and he's not hurt or anything and he's just kind of laying there umpire waits to see if he held on the ball calls him out and I'm just watching and kind of like I got my head down and I'm just watching the plate and making sure they were okay and then all of a sudden I look up and who's sliding in behind the catcher but Drew <laughs> <laughs> and just the baseball awareness of that, seeing a catcher just on his stomach, you know, it's taking a long time to get up, not paying attention to balls live, obviously. And he comes sliding in, safe. we're up 4-3. That changed the momentum. And then we come out in the top of the seventh and score eight runs and just put the nail in the coffin. You can't teach that. That's baseball, baseball instincts. Um, and he has it. He's had it since he was a freshman. His IQ level is off the charts. 
um, it's a coach's dream where, you know, you're going to get everything out of him. And, and like I've said it before, I've said it to him. I've said it to everyone, you know, when he makes a mistake, he owns it. Like he's the first one to come up to me and say, Hey coach, that's on me. And, you know, kids don't do that anymore. Kids make excuses. Kids yeah. have to blame. And he accepts even when he's, you know, makes a mistake and, you know, the whole package is there and, you know, UConn's got a special player and, you know, Jimmy knows that and he's going to have a bright future. There's no doubt. So like Drew, did you even think like, oh man, if I get out on this, I'm, I'm going to be running polls at the end of this game. Well, uh, I did, but I know I got coaches, you know, on this team that, you know, let me be aggressive on the base path. Um, you know, I've played under them three years now because uh, obviously sophomore year got canceled, but um, I know I have this, you know, I know these coaches have my back. So I have, you know, an extra boost of confidence when I'm playing because I know that I'm able to do things on the baseball field when I, my coaches have my back where, you know, even if I do get out, I, you know, I'll get in trouble. You know, they'll tell me, you know, that's a play, you know, in a three, three ball game, maybe you don't want to do that and stuff like that. Um, but I know that they're not going to, you know, bench me for the whole season. They're not going to do these things. Uh, so having them have my back, you know, makes my job easier on the baseball field and it lets me really, you know, play to as high of a level as I can. Yeah. See, I had your confidence and I was like, I could totally get there. And then I'm, I'm out by like 40 feet. <laughs> I was one of the few people who got picked off at second base against a lefty. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my dad still doesn't let me uh, live that down. Nor should they let you forget that. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. Uh, you know, Drew, you guys are off to a five and one start. You know, there's always a lot of ah, pressure or, you know, just playing for Xavier every year. People are like Xavier is going to be good. Got to keep an eye on Xavier. And, you know, you guys are out to the hot start, five and one. What's uh, special about this group of guys in the locker room? I mean, we have a really good connection um, off the field. Uh, we do a lot of things, you know, before practice, after games with, uh, you know, getting food in Middletown or something like that. Uh, so we definitely have a great group of guys. It's a lot of fun being on the team. Um, and, and, you know, we coach had something, you know, in the preseason where we, you know, explain our identity as a team. And, you know, we, you know, had like six or seven characteristics representing our identity. And, you know, we follow it day in and day out. So, uh, you know, we're a very vocal team and we say we're a two out team. So we got guys on this team, you know, we scored six runs with two outs last night. Um, our nine hole hitter, Spencer Macenti you know, first year on varsity, it seems like he gets a hit every time there's two outs. Like we want him to come up with two outs because he seems to always come through. So, you know, when you have guys that aren't afraid of the big moment, uh, it's, a, it's a really talented team and it's fun to be on. Yeah. I mean, the big moment is basically on you every time I, I, you guys are Xavier. Uh, you know, there's an X on your Jersey physically, but when everyone sees you on the schedule, they, they mark that you guys, you know, you, you play at Palmer Field. You play at the place where every team wants to go to, so you know that when they're there, they, uh, they're they going to want to play well. Speaking of places that you guys got to play, though, I want to talk about this. You guys got to play at Dunkin' Donuts Park in Hartford. And I know that – I believe you guys played there last year as well. Correct. Um, but, you know, Drew, just take me there. How cool of an experience is that? I've been there numerous times as a fan. Uh, I had a friend play on the team a couple of years ago that I grew up with, so I got to go on the field and stuff like that. It's gigantic. Um, but like, how cool was that experience getting to play center field at, at, at Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah, it's, it's one of a kind. It's extremely fun and cool. And, you know, it definitely changes 
your mindset before the game. Uh, everybody's ready to play on that day. You know, when we're playing at a ballpark as nice as Dunkin' Donuts. Um, you know, we have Sign Pro on our Xavier team, which is, you know, a company that did some of the signs over at Dunkin'. So we're able to do some special things, you know, at that field and have some cool, you know, stuff put on the Jumbotron of our pictures with baseball cards and things like that. So, um, you know, it's a lot of fun. Um, I always love looking at the scenery when I'm in center field. I always, you know, look around and, you know, see the city buildings and stuff like that. So it, it's definitely, you know, the coolest field I've played on. Um, the one thing I will say though, is the dirt is incredibly hard. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm still recovering from some sliding bumps that I've gotten, um, but it is, it's, it's really cool. That's awesome. Coach, you know, how do you prepare? Pete, ask to- him, Pete, ask him how he scored the fourth run of that game. Did you steal home again? No, uh, but ask <laughs> how it happens. Oh, Drew, please tell me. <laughs> um, I was on second base. He walked to start. Yeah, I walked, <laughs> and then I stole second. Um, and then I think the next pitcher, the pitch after that, I stole third. But then there was a pass ball. He threw down. He threw down the third, and it ball went into the outfield, and then I ended up scoring home. So uh, a little do-it-yourself moment. Yeah, it's, that is manufacturing a run right there. Without anything, Pete. That's <laughs> that's the beauty of what he brings to the bases. So man, it must be nice to be fast. I've never known that be. feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, how do you prepare for coaching at a a, play, a place like Dunkin' Donuts? Because you know that's a when I go to games, I hang out in left field by Bears Grill. You know, yeah, I don't even yeah. like sitting. I don't yep. even sit in the stands. You know, I get my Absolutely. I get my pulled pork and I just hang out. But I mean, you're not going to see a, a fence like that unless you play at Staples, right? Uh, in left field, you know, how do you? <laughs> I guess how do you prep your left fielder for like, hey, by the way, this fence is gigantic. Yeah, I, you know, again, we don't try. We we enjoy playing there. We make it a, always a special day about having the opportunity. But we try not to get much bigger than that. You know, it's uh. It's a gorgeous field. It's huge, but uh, we kind of keep it simple, to be honest with you. Um, there's, we enjoy the moment. Um, guy, we tell the guys to, you know, appreciate, you know, being at a venue like that and, and playing on the field like that and enjoy it, whether you're on the field in the dugout and you know, everybody has a job to contribute. Um, and that's, you know, really, yeah, we don't really, you know, get, we don't want to psych them up, you know, and, and put any more additional pressure on or things like that or worry them and just kind of take it in stride. But we, it's, it's so awesome playing there. And uh, we're fortunate to have done the last two years, no doubt. All right. I, uh, I mean, I like making a big deal out of it and I like putting pressure on all of you. Um, <laughs> That's <your> job, right. <laughs> all right. We're going to, we're going to wrap up with a couple of uh, quick fire, fast questions. I don't even know what to call them. Um, but right off the bat, Drew, you guys mentioned going to eateries in Middletown and, you know, I love me some food. So if I'm going to cover a game at Palmer field, other than getting a, like seven Palmer dogs, which I do every championship weekend, um, which is a, exactly, it is a must. And I always get Skittles cause they have so much candy there, but where am I going in Middletown to grab something to eat before a game there? And do not say five guys across the street. No, um, if you ask one of our other captains, Colin Loria, he put us all on this restaurant. It's called Tres Salsas. Um, it's on Washington Street. Okay. Um, it's it's like Mexican food. Um, it's this little building, like you'd never know it was there just driving past. And like he, that. one day is like, come on, we have to go. We have to go. We all have to go. And we went. And I mean, it's it's like a post-practice tradition now. Like uh, 
So I, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Trey Sauces. Okay. I like that. If you, if you, both of you for, for this one, if you could play it, if you could play your home games at any other field in the SEC, where would you play your home games? I know mine. Which one, which one's yours? Uh, West Haven. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but why, yeah but why West Haven? I mean, I don't count prep because prep was in a college. Yeah. You know? So I That's can't fair. count them. I, high school feels straight up. Uh, they that that field is so well manicured. They do such a great job. The grounds crew there. Um, it's it's a good sized field. Um, the, everything is just gorgeous. And the infield, the outfield grass is nice and short. Um, it's beautiful. Like the dugouts, uh, you know, I I love everything. My boy Ronnie's down there. So uh, Ronnie, yeah. well, <laughs> Ronnie's the best. And it's always a big game whenever you go to West Ham. It just has. Uh, this, yeah, last year we had just... three battles with them. Yeah, yep. it just it's such a hard place to cover a game. I have a nine foot stool that I bring so I could actually take photos and I'm standing like waist up over the over the fence. Right. Any right. foul yeah. ball up the line, I'm going down. You go, yeah. <laughs> what yeah, about I you, Drew? I do love it. Um, yeah, I mean I agree with Coach Soretto with West Haven, but if I had to go with the field besides that, I think I'd go with hand for that short portion left. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit, just hit uh, a couple more home runs. Yeah. Well, he's still looking, this. though. Yeah, all the things he does, P, he's still looking for one. I, uh, they let me take BP at hand last year uh, during the state tournament. There is a video out there, and yeah. I haven't swung a metal bat since before high school because where I played uh, the Catholic High School League on Long Island, we went to Woodbat my sophomore year, which was awesome because I was a really good bunter and I couldn't hit. So, like, <laughs> I had value. Um <laughs> And uh, I, I like crushed one and it looks small. It's not small. Like it's not super small, but I like yeah. crushed one. I'm like, Oh, you know what? I think I could hit one out of here. And <laughs> I absolutely thought I absolutely crushed it. And it landed like 10 feet behind third base. <laughs> and, uh, Anthony DePino took like three steps and caught it. I was like, all right, I, I can't, <laughs> yeah. I'm not good anymore. <laughs> you will you take BP with us whenever you want. So. Oh, I don't know. I see one of these days I'm going to get hurt. That's the problem. That's what I'm worried about. You know, I, I do play softball, but those are really nice, relaxed. Those like nice. I never slide. Yeah. I don't take extra bases. Yeah. You know? uh, one more. Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of the Xavier black and white jerseys. I think, you know, I, as a Star Wars guy, I, you know, I scream Death Star whenever I see Xavier. I would love if you guys just started playing the Imperial March during games. I, I pitched that to Andy Guion for football. You know, just every time you guys come out, just just embrace, embrace, embrace the dark side. I love it. But <laughs> if you uh, if you could wear any other, you know, jersey or what's your favorite non uh, Xavier jersey in the state? You know, and when you see another team, you're like, oh, that's that's pretty sick. I would go with uh, East Catholics full jersey set. Uh, they got the pinstripes. They got the uh, the cream whites. Um, and then they're, they're, you know, light blue is sweet too. So, I mean, I think that their jerseys are, but I do like our black and white better. Yeah. I like the traditional. It's easy to, you know, style with, but, uh, but yeah, I would say East Catholic for the other one. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will say Xavier's in my like top jerseys. So this is why it's such a hard question, but what about yeah, you? Yeah, do you not, even trade anything I'm in? I'm not a big style guy. You can tell you, I don't got a lot of style. Um, you know, I, um, who was I just thinking of? Uh, I like kind of Ward, the old school Fairfield Ward. Yeah, you know, kind of the old school uh, look that they have there. Um, but 
Yeah, I, I don't no, I would go award, I guess. I'm not, I'm not getting any style. I'm, I'm a huge style. style, like, I, not that I could pull it off, but I'm a huge, yeah, like, I if I see a team in a good jersey or they, like, you know, I'll tell you this about East Catholic, and I love their combination stuff. I saw them this year, and, like, it was like they were in the pinstripe pants with, like, a different shirt. I'm like, oh, no, that doesn't work. Sorry, guys. It's not, you know, that's how I judge teams. I don't know if. Uh, you, you like know, our all-black look or what? Oh, I'm a huge fan of the all black look. When we do the black pants, black. Yeah, black I'm all about that. All yeah. black, all all yeah. white. I am <laughs> a huge fan, but I'm a huge orange guy. Orange is my favorite color. I grew up diehard Islanders fan. Yeah, orange and blue, I think, is the best color combination yeah. in yeah. anything. Shout out yeah. Lyman Hall. Yeah. Um, but like, I need Lyman Hall in an all orange jersey. That's yeah. what I need. Yeah. I need an orange top Shelton and orange had bottom. New ones last year, like they had the orange Shelton, which yeah. they had the theirs yesterday. I need, I need orange pants though. That I just need to take it to the next level. Next level. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the obnoxious. Like I need, like when I buy, I wear hats all the time. Like I have to buy like the obnoxious minor league baseball hat. Like, oh, this team is the Buffalo Wings. I'm gonna buy this hat because there's a Buffalo wing on. Like that's where I am. That's great. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for joining me and putting up with my nonsense. But it's great to have you guys on. Great to talk. Um, you guys have got Amity on Friday. Uh, huge game in the SEC. Friday night at Palmer Field. I believe I will be in attendance. Yeah, um, coming, making the trip. Yeah. Oh, I'm. You don't need to give me an excuse to go to Palmer Field, uh, except yeah, maybe maybe to see a potential backflip. Supposed to be we won't, we won't get into that. Still. Supposed to be a nice night. Oh, about time. We need a nice yeah, night. We do. We, we need a nice night. But I will be there on Friday to see you guys, see a cool backflip potentially. Um, <laughs> but thank you guys so much for, for joining me. I really do appreciate it. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, Always a pleasure. You. Appreciate the support. We are back on High and Tight. Uh, that was a good interview. Um, we got another good interview coming up next week. Hopefully, we're not going to spoil who it is yet. But yes, we're no, going to uh, no spoilers, just in case. No it spoilers, happen. but we are pretty excited about next week too. Um, so look, there's a ton of good baseball. Go see that Ridgefield Ward game if you can't make it to that. Go see Staples Greenwich. Go see any of these games in the CCC or ECC. Like you know, we put our our best games to watch up on Game Time CT every week, along with our top performers. Uh, you can use that as a guide, or you can just go anywhere because there are a lot of good baseball games happening. And I think we might even get over 60 degrees at some point, and these games Ooh. might be nice to go sit at. It might be sunny, and, <laughs> and it'll just be a, it'll be a pollen bowl, but it'll be uh, it'll at least be warm, and we don't have to wear our winter jackets to the game. Yeah. All right. Hopefully. So hopefully. <laughs> and Pete, your dog was very good for the show. Very yeah, uh, min- minimal amount of barking. Well. Yeah, she did well. Good, did good well. first time, good first appearance by her. I mean, the the toy is shredded in pieces. So, well, that's gonna happen. <laughs> she goes hard. Everyone knows yeah. that about her. Uh, all right, <laughs> for Pete, I'm Scott. We'll see you next time on High and Tight. Love y'all.